All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Open Season. Today we have a special guest, uh, somebody I can call a real close friend of mine, somebody that's actually has helped me through a lot, even though I know it, but he has. Um, everybody knows who he is from the people that I follow. Welcome to Open Season, Strong Vato. Hey, thank you. Thank you, bro, for having me. How's your day going? How are we doing? Pretty good, bro. We just got done doing the whole birthday thing for Emilio. So, um, hey, big shout out to Emilio. Happy birthday, Emilio. Happy birthday, Emilio. He's way over there. He ain't going to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. How's the family doing? Everybody's good, bro. Um, you know, everybody had a good time and Emilio had a good time. And I think at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Hey, that's Sunday right. Sunday, fun day. Sunday, fun day. Hey, while well, you were having a party, we were over here screaming at the TV. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do all that. I don't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, even I, though my team wasn't in it, I was over there screaming at my TV. So I you did know how find, that goes. I, I did find the time to uh, scroll through TikTok, and some people look very sad today. Oh, yes. <laughs> A lot of red and gold people look really sad today. But it is what it is. Vato, how do you feel being on open season? Uh, I've been looking forward to this. I know that we've been putting it off because I had that weird cough that would come and go. But it feels good to be here and talk to everybody a little bit more about myself and my story. Give people a better understanding of who Vato is. And I really where he's come where, where he's coming from but like more like where he's been and where he's going you know right. so thanks for having me bro hey well the mic is yours and i'll chime in i'll ask questions here and there but go ahead tell us where i started all right bro all right so i've been giving this a lot of thought you know like what do i say when i come on like what where, where should i start my story and it i've had to think quite a bit bro like it's really funny, you know, when I do lives on other platforms, I go in kind of with a strategy and a plan, but here I'm not really coming with that. So I, 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 I wanted to talk about my childhood, but then I'm like, no, no, that that's not it. You know, and I, I think that the best place for me to start is kind of like my healing journey, my transformation, right. you know, my growth, uh, what I've done and how now I've been able to take some of the things that have happened to me and help other people that are in that circumstance or uh, stuck in a certain place and they can't find the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And not to say that I'm the one that comes in and helps them, but I, I feel like, you know, that's one of my purposes that God put me in this world for. You know, our, my creator put me to really help people be able to get out of that tunnel that a lot of people feel like they're stuck in because I was once stuck in that tunnel. And I think I want to, I want to start by talking about how I ended up in this tunnel, you know? So uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm actually 35. So I'm kind of an old man. <clears throat> and uh, my journey started in my early twenties In my early twenties. And obviously I had a little bit of health issues prior to that, but it was nothing major. So in my, in my early twenties, <clears throat> I started to get, flare-ups throughout my body and we couldn't really discover or figure out what was going on like there was really no answers and I think that's for most people when they're sick still trying to 
understand like how did I get sick? What is this? How do I cope with it? You know, and and it was nothing major, but you know, I hit the age of uh, uh, 23. Actually, is is when my flare-ups decided to take control of me instead of anything that I was doing for them. Not that I was doing much because I was pretty ignorant back then. You know, I, I wasn't very informed on how the body worked and how we can work towards healing ourselves and how we can compound good and, you know, leave habits behind that compound bad. So right. 23 years old, bro, I guess I'll start off right here. Um, it was still while I was dating Annie, actually. You know, we had not gotten together yet. We were dating. <clears throat> um, I actually... Uh, that's when I had like my terrible flare up where I woke up one day and it looked like it looked like somebody had thrown a, a baseball at my kneecap, you know, and like it half of it got stuck and the other half was sticking out right at the joint of the kneecap on the right side. Mm-hmm. And I kind of freaked out because, you know, I'm 23. I got up from the bed and I just collapsed and I'm like, what the heck did I break my leg? What What is this? <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I ended up I ended up going to the clinic and they ended up draining all this fluid from my knee. And then they ran some tests and then I went home and literally a few days later, <clears throat> the same thing happened to my other knee, my left one. Oh, damn. And I went back and they did their they did their thing again, you know, and, and they ran more tests. <laughs> and then I dipped and a few days later both of my knees swelled, but it wasn't like the outside. It was the whole thing. And I went back and, you know, I asked them if they could do it again. And they're like, no, because when we drain, we're, we're taking fluid that you need. So this, this is, this is where I like to say that my journey started. Obviously it's deeper than that. Um, you know, because I can backtrack a little bit more, but this is kind of where I want to be when I start, when I start this, because this is where my mindset kind of shifted into okay. it. A complete different pattern and I became this different man and and uh at this point you know uh Annie and I had been talking and I was like oh she's gonna break up with me she's not gonna want to be with me I'm a broken I'm a broken body why would she want to be with me you know and <laughs> she ended up she ended up I ended up losing my job because of it and she ended up taking over some of my payments like the car payment, uh, other payments that I had, debt, you know, and and I was like, wow, this is like, why is she doing this? I mean, she doesn't have to do this, right? But at this point, you know, I think I think we were both madly into each other, and that's when we started talking about moving in. But before all this, bro, before she came into the picture, into my life, a hundred percent, you know, like committed to to us, uh, I was in a decent place. I was in a decent place with my myself, with my emotion. And obviously, you know, I had a lot of unresolved trauma from my childhood and, you know, growing up and being the person that I used to be and still battling with that man, you know, still battling to tame that man and not be that man. Right. But but uh, in this process, I kind of just let all that go to try to focus on healing. But I didn't even know what the hell that meant. You know, and I'm, I'm sorry, bro, I don't, is it okay if I use profanity here and there? Yeah, you're or, fine. Okay, okay. You're, you're good, you know, you're so, fine. So, so uh, I, I was just, I was just very lost, you know, and this was the beginning of what I call my destruction, because obviously I've been destroying myself for years, you know, 
yeah. from the use of drugs to over drinking, started drinking when I was 13, started using drugs when I was uh, 17. And it was nothing major, but then later on the major things came, you know, but, but I think all of that compounded to the moment of me getting, getting sick, you know, and, and uh, at this point, bro, the next three years from 23 to 26 just become a bad situation for me. And I became a very nasty person. I became a very nasty man. Uh, emotionally, I was hurting. Physically, I was obviously hurting a lot. Uh, spiritually, mentally, everything. Everything was hurt. And, you know, when Annie and I decided that, that we wanted to get married, there were so many people trying to talk her out of it. Like, are you sure he can barely walk? He's a broken body. Why would you want to take that type of burden? Why would you want that weight on you? Why do you want that responsibility? And she stuck through it and said, no, this is what I want. So she moved in with me, bro, during this process. We started our life during this process. But during this process, I also became a different amplified nasty Miguel. Like I was, I was an asshole back in the day. You know, I was a good guy, but I was also an asshole. And that amplified, like the good part of me started to die. And the asshole part of me started to become more, you know, it's just lighting up and lighting up. And I got to a point, bro, in, in these three years where I went up to 275 pounds. I was a pale yellow color. My eyes were yellow. My breath always smelled terrible, bro. Terrible. Wow. And then, and then I was taking over 30 pharmaceuticals a day you know, for arthritis, for uh, depression, for anxiety, for sleep, for uh, pain. And uh, on top of other things that came with it, you know, I can't really remember every single thing, but because I, I feel like that was a blur, you know, I feel like it was a blur, like it never really happened. But I got, I got to the point where I'm 26. And, you know, I could barely walk, I'd walk with this really bad limp, and I would get crazy triggered, bro, I would go out, I would go out, and then people that knew me would come up to me and be like, wow, Miguel, you've gained a lot of weight. Boom. That would hit me right in the feelings. Damn. Wow, Miguel, you are so yellow. Are you sick? Well, no, I'm not sick. <laughs> what do you think, dude? I'm yellow, you know? And, oh, man, like, damn, Miggy or Pato. Nah, now you guys know my identity. Damn, Pato. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Miggy. Miggy's who I am. Damn, Pato. Um you're walking with a really bad limp. Did you get shot? You know, it was, it was all these comments, bro, that would just get under my skin because I didn't have answers. Right. And I didn't have answers. So I would get in my feelings and then who would I take it out? I wouldn't take it out on that person. Like, yeah, I might say something smart ass to them because I was an asshole, but then I would take it out on Annie parents I would take it out on my friends, you know, people that actually cared about me. I would take it out on them. And yeah. And I just became this monster. I just became this, this very nasty man emotionally. And 26, bro, I, I couldn't walk. And I'm going to get personal right here, y'all. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to get personal because somebody out there is going through what I went through or is mm -hmm. in the midst of going in that direction and maybe needs to find help. And they want to hear from somebody that's been there. You know, so at this point, everything sucked. Um, I felt more hate, more pain emotionally than I did love, you know, and, and I just became a very broken right. person. And, uh, Are you there? at this point, yeah. Can you hear me? 
Oh, Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Okay, okay. What, what's so, the last thing you heard? Uh, you were going to get personal. <laughs> That's the last thing you heard? God, I hope people... Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I became a very nasty man, and it would hurt to walk. It would hurt to sleep. Oh. I had I had 11 kidney stones during these three years. Damn. And I was able to push all them out by myself. <laughs> you know, welcome to my life. <laughs> Rock on my piedra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but uh but yeah, bro, I I mean it, it it even hurt to have sex, bro. The things that bring our body pleasure, all of it, it was painful. You know, and, and uh, I would need help getting into the tub to take a shower. I would need help. Yeah. You know, if I sat on the toilet for too long, my knees would fall asleep from the knees down. And then I couldn't get up. It, as embarrassing as it was, sometimes there was moments where I had so many pain spasms from the kidney stones that Annie had to help me wipe my ass. Damn. You know, so it's very, it's very embarrassing to talk about. But I know somewhere out there, somebody's going through this. And if I can help that person... And that's my purpose, you know, and, and, uh, uh, two, uh, 2013, I was 26. And this is the moment where I realized that something needed to change. I was, uh, I was home alone mm -hmm. and my mind got the best of me. My mind got the best of me. And, and, uh, and, uh, I wrote a, I had this little voice, this little voice very clearly said, hey, you know, why are you here? You're a burden, just end it. And Damn. I answered, I was like, yeah, I am. I am a fucking burden. You know, and, th and this conversation, bro, pains me every time I talk about it because this is the day where I figured that I no longer needed to be here. And a lot of things right. hit me, you know, but... None of it was clear. None of it was clear. Just, you know, I, I, I came to, I went to my room, my room at that time, and I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter saying my goodbyes to everybody. And oh, wow. I had a, I was holding a pistol for somebody. Um, you know, and I was just holding them for him. And, and I said, you know what, this is how I'm going to go. This is it. You know, so I wrote my letter. And I, I grabbed the pistol and I, I put the pistol up to my head. And that same voice, bro, that same voice, clear, 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 just said, not the head. Your parents are traditional Catholic. They're going to want an open casket. And I answered, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So the next thing is I put it up to my chest. And I pulled the trigger. And when I pulled it, bro. I heard it jammed and all I heard was this click, click. And I'll never forget this clicking noise, bro. And at that point I looked around and I looked at what I was doing. I'm like, what the, the fuck? Are, what the fuck are you doing? Right. What are you doing? What are you doing? What, what, the, what, what are you doing? Like I couldn't, understand what I just tried to do even though I was there and it was me physically right. trying to do, trying to trying to end me and at this point everything hits 
you know, it had been a while since I had cried. And it just, I felt all the weight, bro. All 275 pounds of me came right to my nose and my eyes. And I felt such pressure. And I started, I just broke down. And I don't mean like, you know, like, oh, have a good cry. I mean like sobbing, uh, stuff coming from my mouth, saliva, drool, uh, boogers coming out of my nose. And I'm just like, why did you do that? You know what I mean? Me realize, not at that point in time, much later I realized that it's a split second decision that most people do and they end themselves. Not because they wanted to, but it was a split second decision. And uh, I did something right there that I had not done in a long time, which was praying. You know, and I and I said, God, like, why am I here? What is my purpose? Like, I'm a burden. I need help wiping my ass, God. Why am I here? Why? Right. Why do I have to go through this? Why am I? Why do I have this autoimmune disorder? Why? This is something old people have. Why? I'm young. Why? You know, I, so many whys, no answers. And then I said, God, if you're real, send me something that's going to help me. And 10 years later, bro, uh, 10 days later, not 10 years. Haven't even, <laughs> it hasn't even been a decade. It's almost a decade. But I was like, it's days, not 2026 yet. <laughs> 10 days later, bro. 10 days later. Oh, 2013. It's going to be a decade this year. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, May. Uh, no. May was when I got, when I, so it was in April. Early April when I attempted. You know, so it's right around the corner. Never even think about it, bro. Never even think about it. It's like a blur to me now. You know, but at this point, I asked God, if you're real, I still questioned it, right? That's the negative part about us. If you're real, send me something that's going to help. And 10 days later, I was introduced to a solution. But I didn't want to hear the solution. <laughs> you know, we ask God for things, and then we, when he does send them to us, we say, nah, it's too good to be true. Right. You know, so uh, 30 days after that, I did get started on... Uh, some formulas that were clinically studied and I just got into them, bro. And, you know, nine months into these formulas, I go into remission, no pain, no swelling, all my medication gone. And since then I've been in remission, but that's not the, that's not, that's not like the end, you know, that's not the end. That doesn't mean that I'm healed. Like, yes, physically I was doing better, but emotionally I was still hurting. Mentally yeah. I, I was still hurting. There was so much about me that was still, not healed and that came later on you know in, in 2017 bro i'm working in this clinic you know so that's that's my autoimmune disorder my autoimmune disorder is good i feel like i'm in a good place mentally but you know life comes and punches us in the face and keeps throwing us off all the time right so uh 2017 bro i'm working in this clinic and i'm working for the behavioral health uh department I'm the guy that would schedule appointments, interpret, you know, all, all that silly stuff. And uh, we get offered an opportunity to go to a mind-body medicine training, which I know some people have heard me talk about this on lives, and I've offered it to some people. And, you know, they, they, never, they never hit me back. 
for the most part. <laughs> say, I'm going to do it. <laughs> they're not ready. But you, know, but, you know, they're not ready. They're not ready. When they're ready, when, when they feel like it's their time, it's always on the table, right? But at this point, bro, I thought I was going to a training to learn how to run, like, circle um, group sessions, you know, that kind of stuff. And we were actually, we were actually the test subjects. <laughs> so, oh, nice. So, so we get, we get to this place, they break us down into teams and, and you know, my, my uh, clinic sent like nine people, some MDs, some PCPs, some PAs, some uh, PCP, PAs, <laughs> PCP, that's something else. <laughs> PAs. Not the drug people, not the drug. <laughs> all the behavioral health specialists and then the two coordinators. Right? We all get sent and we go in these groups and it gets intense, bro. Like the first <laughs> and, and they made it so that none of us that came from this from this clinic were in the same group. So they strategize how do we get this bigger clinic? Okay, let's make 10 groups. You know, so anyways, we get into it, bro. There's 200 people there, but you know, we're all divided into different teams groups and we go into it bro and they start teaching us these techniques and then out of nowhere bro you start to feel all these like all this buildup that i had inside me from all, all my childhood traumas you know uh the traumatic events of seeing people leave this world uh the traumatic events of seeing people that i love get hurt yeah and and all all these things that i just had always you know our parents tell us we don't talk about this stuff we just move on. You know, it's a, it's a cultural thing, right? We just move on. Okay, it happened. Whatever. Let's go. Let's keep moving. But it always comes back and it bites us in the ass. This was my moment for it to come back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, we did all these exercises, different techniques. And then with follow-up exercises to those exercises. And, bro, this is where my actual mental emotional and spiritual healing starts you know my physical was in a better place but my emotional uh my mental and even my spiritual was off and uh this was the most intense seven days of my life you know so now when i work with people we don't do it in seven days we go six seven eight sessions depending on what people need but we went to this training, bro, and I came back in love with these techniques. We got together with the whole team, all nine of us. Everybody's motivated. Everybody's excited. We're going to take this back. We're going to change our community. We're going to help our community. We all come back. It's a week. Nobody's doing shit. Two weeks, nobody's doing anything. Three weeks, I'm touching bases with everybody. Hey, what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, we still have to meet with the CEO and talk to him about it and everybody else and see what they think. So I took matters into my own hands, and I'm like, Mom. I want you to meditate with me. <laughs> nice. So I did a meditation for my mom and she felt really physically relaxed. You know, I guided her, I did guided meditation. And then I talked to uh, somebody else and I'm like, bro, let me, you should let me do this meditation with you. Like, let me guide you through it and tell me what you think. Okay. That person enjoyed it. So then I, I put it on my Facebook. I'm going to be doing mind body medicine classes. And I had one day out of the week, where I would have people go for English one day out of the week where people would go for Spanish and people mm -hmm. were interested. They were curious. They're like, what is this stuff? So they would go. And I was still a rookie, 
you know, I didn't know how to like help people that if they had a mental breakdown, like, how do I help this person? <laughs> if they have a, a, a trauma that comes up, like, how do I help this person? Or if they have an outer body experience, how do I help this person? <laughs> you know, right. so, cause it happens, it happens. It has happened so many times, but now I'm in a place where I can, okay, hey, good you know let's work through it you know but but then I, I didn't know what i was doing bro but my friends were coming to these groups they were enjoying it and then they were posting about it on facebook and tagging me and before you knew it they, there was a snitch in the crew and they went and they told my manager and they're like hey uh, miguel's doing this at the library with people and then my manager pulls me and supervisor pulls me to the side and says miguel it's come to my attention that you're doing mindfulness meditation and mind body medicine techniques with people and she's like are you charging and i'm like no i'm not i'm just very excited and none of you are doing anything <laughs> you know and she's like okay what do you do with them and i'm like well i could explain it or how about we do a technique together and she said i'm open to it so we did a nice. very very basic mindfulness technique it was like a two-minute thing and then she came back to the present moment and she said, wow, I feel really light right now and really relaxed. And she's already like a very mellow, calm person, but she's a behavioral health specialist. So you can only imagine the kind of things that they have going through their nervous system from other right. people with what they're going through. And then she said, Miguel, if I could get you to, would you? And I said, yeah. I would definitely do it. And that was that was how I started this healing journey. Because, you know, when I meditate with people, it's going to sound selfish. I do it for them because, you know, they need it. But it's also helping me. Yeah. Because I also meditate with them. And I have discovered so much through mind-body medicine, bro. So much about myself. So much about my senses. Being aware, you know when my body's trying to talk to me because our body talks to us, but we're so busy on our phone. We're so busy doing whatever with our hands, doing whatever with our mind that we don't make that connection. Yeah. We don't pay attention. We don't. And we, and you know, our body's trying to tell us you're about to have cancer. You're about to have cancer soon. And instead we, we let the signs go. We act like we don't, hear it we act like we don't feel it and before you know it boom we have different it. you're in a different stage now you can't do anything about it or you can mm -hmm. but it's going to be a battle it's going to be a war you got to go to war to get your body back right and you know i started doing this with the clinic um at first i would i would uh do it after you know the the licensed mental health counselors were like we're going to have miguel do it afterwards because you know we just had a session and now the patient is very anxious, very triggered. So Miguel, go, go bring them back down to where they need to be so they can go home and do what they need to do. So that's how we started. But one day a, a licensed mental health counselor was running behind. And, you know, I can talk about this because I'm not going to give you guys names. You know, HIPAA <laughs> HIPAA's not going to apply here. There's no names, no, not, none of that, no personal stuff. No face, no case. No face, no case. You know, but... But she's running late and she says, hey, uh, can you please, I'm still with this patient. I got about 10, 15 minutes still. Can you, but this other patient has been waiting for 10 minutes already. Can you please do, put him in a room and can you do 
mindfulness with them before I meet with them. And then maybe right. you'll do it afterwards too. You know, so I go in with this with this patient, sit her down, and we we've meditated before, so she's familiar with what I do. This time I told her, hey, we're going to try something different today. I'm actually going to do mindfulness with you first. And then she kind of got triggered and she's like, well, what if, what if when I leave, I'm really anxious? And I'm like, oh, it's okay. If I have to do it again, we'll do it again. She's like, right. okay. You know, so we went into it, bro. We went into it. We did a technique. Um, I came back. I told the licensed mental health counselor what I did. She's like, okay, I'm going to go in there now. When the licensed mental health counselor comes out, she's like, what did you do with her? <laughs> and she's like, we just got through our session. And then she's like, Miguel, this is the first time that she made it through a session without being teary and crying. Nice. So at that point, she's like, I think I'm just going to have you do them before. And then if the patient gets triggered, we can work through it again. You know, so I started doing that with her. And then eventually this lady, this counselor goes to a training and then the, the psychologist that was there was explaining that if you could get your patients to do mindfulness techniques before they go into an actual, you know, uh, counseling session, that their vagus vagal nerve, which is something that we talk about in the clinic a lot, especially in the world of meditation, um, that that nerve will be calm, which will then make the whole nervous system calm. And then it will bring the heart rate down. And then, you know, the front cortex of the brain is very, very stimulated, very active, no longer foggy. And then the emotional part of the brain is going to be chill so that when they go into their session, they're going to heal because they're going to be able to talk about their traumas, but they're, they're going to be calm. So their brain's going to be calm and their nervous system's going to be calm and because they're not going to be feeling the anxiety of their triggers. Gotcha. They then actually heal from their traumas faster. And when she came back, she was excited. She's like, guys, we need Miguel to meditate with all our patients before we go into <laughs> sessions because this is what happens. And then this is what happens. And then after that, that's how they assigned it. And yes, if there was a patient that was out of it too much at the end, they would bring me in and I would do a mindfulness technique. And I was the only one do them. You know, hmm. I mean, everybody knew how to do them. But I was the one that was like the go-to, so <laughs> they gave it to they gave, they gave me the task, right? So um, in the midst of that, bro, things changed. My supervisor lost her position, so she just became a licensed mental health counselor, and they hired a psychologist. She came in, she heard about me, she talked with me, and then she said, "How would you like to stop scheduling people and actually just do?" this out of our outreach you know community health worker plus this and i oh, said hell nice yeah, hell yeah assign me assign me you know and, and then at this point bro i had um just the behavioral health team working with me uh but then uh a couple of providers that went to the actual training were like well why why does it only have to be for behavioral health you know can it be for for us I would like my patients to to also see Miguel. And, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. So I started off with two providers. One was a, a PA. She was very excited. And the other one was a naturopath. And by the time, like a year in, I had nine providers that were referring to me. 
So I was working with nine different providers. And then I had new providers that were coming in just hired that came and talked to me and said, hey, I'm excited about what you're doing with mindfulness. I'm really excited to work with you. I've studied it. You know, patients need this. But at that point, I had already put in my notice to quit because that was when the whole COVID thing was starting. And, and uh, yeah, so where I was going with all of this that I've done is all of that helped me heal. Right. It helped me connect to me again. It helped me bring me down to a more conscious level where I knew what was happening within me, around me. And I helped over 600 people in the clinic with the techniques. So I left because I was giving too much of me to a place that wasn't giving me more for me. And I don't mean, I don't mean on a monetary level. I mean like on an emotional level, like I was, I, I was okay, but I was hurting because now I was watching my kids grow up without me. Right. Cause I was always too busy. And then, you know, I'd work 10 hours for these people, 12 hours for these people unexpectedly sometimes. And then I would come home and I would work my side hustle. So by the time I'd get home, my kids were tucked in. What am I going to do? Go wake them up. Right. You know, so it was putting me in a place where I was just becoming drained. And fortunately, Annie, you know, she said, hey, I know you got what it takes to uh, build a better affiliate marketing company and you can do mind body medicine as a side hustle with them with the affiliate and then you know you hang out with the kids and be there for them and do whatever we need to do so um that's kind of what took me out of working a, a job and uh right. you know putting in more time into my own into my own things my own ventures and creating and, and growing and and uh, becoming more and you know breaking the comfort zone all right so that is uh that is vato bro that that's vato in a nutshell that is that is a lot of my healing journey. That is, uh, that is what, what I'm, what I feel on purpose, purposely here to do is work That's with people. Right. Hey, we're gonna have to record one of those sessions. We Let everybody always... hear what what's it all about. Yeah, that would that would be amazing. Um, Give them a little preview. I always feel like, you know, because Annie has tried to do something where. I record some techniques and then people can purchase them, uh, you know, whether it be through a, through a monthly small fee subscription. We thought about that, but right. the truth, the truth of the matter is this, boy, everybody's different. Everybody needs different techniques. Um, everybody does need to be mindful though. Everybody needs yep. to chill. Everybody needs to know how to not turn off their thoughts. Cause that's what everybody says. Turn off your brain. No, don't turn off your brain. If you turn off your brain, you're dead. You know, but, but, <laughs> But you can definitely learn skills and techniques that will help you not be overthinking, not be overwhelmed in your thinking. How to how to capture the beautiful thoughts that make you feel like you're flying, like you're flowing, yeah. like like your purpose is there. Like you know, you feel good. The oxytocin's released, the endorphins are released, all the feel good hormones. Oh, that's another thing. I don't teach meditation on a spiritual level. Spirituality is your journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I teach meditation on a biological level. Biological meaning 
what happens to your cells when, when you meditate, what happened to what happens to your nervous system, how your nervous system has been holding trauma for decades sometimes because of things that happened to you, but you were never able to release because your parents said it happened, get over it, grow up, you know, and, and a lot of us were walking with an unstable nervous system. And then we wonder why when we're around a certain person that looks in a certain way, you get triggered. Even though you know that wasn't the person that hurt you. Yeah. You get anxious and you're like, why do I feel so much anxiety? What's well, because yeah. maybe when you were getting hurt, there was a blue chair there. So now you're around a blue chair and now you're triggered. Or there or or the person that was hurting you with a beard. So now when you're around a man with a beard, you feel triggered. You don't know why. Because your emotional brain doesn't hold memories, it holds how you felt in the moment. You know, so oh, so that was deep. It, I mean, it's it's biologically that's that's the truth. We don't hold memories; we hold how we felt in the moment. And unfortunately, we're so used to the pain that life brings us that we we don't choose to remember the painful things, but they're there because we felt yeah. them. Yeah, that's true. So that's what wow. I focus on. Meditation for me is the biological. What happens? What happens when you do this certain technique? You know, which one releases endorphins? How do you get rid of cortisol? Not completely, because you need cortisol. How do you slow down um, adrenaline? You know, th this is what I like to say to people. If you're always running on fight flight, which most people are because of their traumas, when you're always running on fight flight, when you see the bear, what are you gonna do? You're gonna freeze. You're not going to fight. You, you're going to freeze. You're not going to flight. You're going to freeze. Yeah. Because you're constantly running on hormones that need to be released when you're in danger. So I always use this terminology with people so that they can understand it better. We create that bear so that when we see the real bear, we don't know how to act. So yeah, that's that's pretty much that's that's some of my you know my, my I could have gone deeper into the story who was who was I as a kid, um, but I think hey, we'll leave that for another episode. Why well, I, I think that if people want to know who I am, you know they they can just ask. I'm pretty yeah. open. Um, yeah. Obviously, I got to be careful with the things you say on live, right? Because <laughs> you get deported. <laughs> you get deported for everything. Yeah, we don't want to get banned. Yeah, we can say that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're not in TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't get banned here. You won't get reported here. I this gonna, is you and me. That's it. <laughs> I am gonna welcome all your listeners because we're forty nine minutes in, right? Uh, a little bit some, less than that. Something like that. Yeah, we, we spent a few minutes talking, right? But yeah. But uh I'm gonna invite everybody to sit on a chair with me for just just a moment. Okay, and I'm gonna invite everybody to do something very simple with me. And I invite everybody to sit with the best posture as, as possible. 
you know, so make sure your feet are flat on the floor. I'm going to invite you to grab your hands and put them on your hips. And, you know, I invite you all to close your eyes with me because I want you to envision. I want you to envision this and I want you to focus on yourself. I want you to read the little note that you wrote about work. I don't want you to read anything that's around you or look at pictures that are cute, that will distract you. I want you to be mindful and be in this moment with me. So I'm going to invite all of you to sit and invite all of you to put your feet flat on the floor. I'm going to invite you all to put your hands on your hips and then tuck your tailbone in, stick your chest out, wiggle your hips and your shoulders. And I'm going to invite you all to breathe with me. And I invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose. And I'm going to invite you to exhale slowly through your mouth. You're going to do this just a few times with me. Breathe in through your nose. Exhale slowly through your mouth. One more. In through your nose. We're going to focus on our breath going into our belly. And as you exhale, think about softening your belly. Soft. One more time. Deep breath into your belly, in through your nose. And then soft out through your mouth. Into your nose, into your belly. And when you exhale this time, do it slowly. Slowly, slowly. So your stomach or your belly can actually relax and soften up. And breathe in through your nose one more time. This is going to be the deepest breath that you've taken so far. then exhale through your mouth slowly. And I want you to open your eyes as you're exhaling. Come back to the present moment. Wiggle your hips around a little bit. Your shoulders. Move your neck around. See if anything pops, cracks. Adjust. Just be mindful of how you feel. Be aware of your surroundings. Do things look different? How do you feel? And then write to me. Your TikTok and let me know how you felt. <laughs> yeah, most guy, you passing out over there? Oh no, that was relaxing as hell. Yeah, that and that's only that's only uh, just a, a few breaths, bro. You know, when 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 you think about the when you think about mindfulness, people automatically and meditation people instantly uh, think that it's like a Buddhist monk closing out the world you know they can do that because they don't have anything else to do but like we have yeah. jobs yeah. we've got goals we have kids we have bills to pay we can't just do what they do but we can find moments to just relax and, and uh, remind ourselves like we need to breathe we need to breathe. And I think the average person is running, you breathe like 33,000 times a day. <clears throat> when you think about that, that's a lot of breathing. 
But I want you guys to ask yourself, how many of those breaths do I actually inhale deeply? Or we are so stressed that we are inhaling so quickly. And then we wonder why our nervous system is always stressed. <clears throat> Damn. Oh, did you crack somewhere? Oh, I cracked everywhere. <laughs> crack. Don't do drugs, kids. This message is brought to you by Open Season Podcast. Open Season Podcast, don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, don't. Trust me, don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel, I feel in my heart, you know, that drugs kind of compounded in my body plus all the unhealed trauma compounded in my body to the point that I I was eventually going to get these flare-ups because I didn't have a good lifestyle back then. I didn't have a good lifestyle as a kid. I didn't have a good lifestyle as a young adult. I definitely did not have a good... Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was a lot of things there, <laughs> you know, but... But I feel like I'm in a place where I can be around people that wear a certain color and I don't feel like I have to be ready for anything. Right. You know, I can be I can be around a certain demographic and feel comfortable around them now. I can be uh, I can be around people that at one point we were beefing heavily. And I can, I can, I just feel so good. I feel comfortable. They, I can tell that they, I can tell that they still don't like me, you know, but I don't engage unless they try, you know, but they couldn't do anything back then. What are they going to do now that they're older? <laughs> you right. know? Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I just feel like I'm in a, I'm in a place where I have really become not a, and this is most people, you know, we're, we're not very responsive. We're, we're very reactive and reactions are just sometimes they cause the bad actions. So I'm, I'm very, very alert of how I'm feeling and I'm very alert of my surroundings. And I think a lot of people are, but that's because they're running fight flight. You know, now I'm aware of everything, but I feel relaxed in the process of being aware. And I think most people just need to slow down and breathe. Slow down and breathe. We're we're not gonna get out alive. What is the freaking rush? Eight hours of work, you're not gonna finish everything at work in eight hours. What's the rush? I'm gonna do it right. I think that's everything that I have to say, bro. Well, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> Hit up. I'm here for everybody. Have you offers? What? And I think a lot of people don't understand, bro, that when I'm offering, I charge for these services. But when I'm offering, I get to pick who I charge. So when I'm when I'm offering to help you, when I say I will give you a few sessions, that's because I know in my heart. That when we exchange these vibrations of healing, when we transmutate these these powerful 
vibrations that you might only need two or three sessions. And I'm not charging those people. When I offer, I'm not charging those people. It's because I've become close to them in a sense. And, you know, there's those people who are prideful and want to pay for it. So I'll just barter. I'll be like, okay, what can you give me? I don't want money. What right. can you give me? Let's barter. All right, bro. So if he's out for you, here. I suggest you take Or el Otero. El Otero. With me. <laughs> He's always with me. Or I'm always with him, either way. Yeah, yeah. You'll find us together. No, I'm, I'm not hard to find. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know very many people that have the name El Otero or Strong Bato on their, on their uh, <laughs> TikTok accounts. <laughs> hey, me up here. Let them know how to get, you, how to, get to you. You have um, shout outs out there. Any companies you want to shout out? Anything you want to give up to? Uh, I think I, I think I want to take this time to uh, just just tell people that that I appreciate them. You know, um, I'm not going to shout out any companies. Obviously, some people have heard that I've taken some formulas. If they're interested in those formulas, they're welcome to hit me up. I'm happy to share. Um, but I think I think y'all should just slow down a little bit. The faster we move, the quicker we get to our destination. That's a good thing. But sometimes we're not hitting in the right in the right destination. So let's slow down a little bit and, and think about it. Digest it. Be in the moment. Enjoy your kids. Put away the phone. Enjoy people. Or be in the moment when you're on live. Yeah. Whatever whatever works for you. I think, yeah. Uh, shout out to Open Season Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and, and Mosca hey. and I will come out with some announcements in the near future. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. We're not going to say what it is here, but we'll come out with an announcement. Yeah, we're working on some things together. Stay tuned. You guys won't regret it. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, brother. On that note, oh, thank you for coming in, a.k.a. Miggy. I, I still can't call you Miggy. I'd rather call It's good. It's good. It's good. I think I, it's even, one of those even things. Annie. used to call me Yvato. Yeah, yeah. Even even Annie. I'm like, Annie, you're the only weirdo with your real name on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we got to has her. Yeah, she just loves it, but I'm still trying to figure out what that is. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you have a... Thanks for listening. Shout out to Strong Lato, a.k.a. Miggy. Once again, we'll see you guys later on. Out. Don't be ashamed. Y'all have a good night, good day, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you listen. We're out. Have a good one, Lato. Peace. Puta mimbo.